Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for reaching millions of people online. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to grow their impact. My name is Steve Warner, and today I am joined by Chris Ward. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great because I'm here, Steve. I'm really excited to be in your presence with your radio voice and dive right into this topic. <laughs> no problem. Um, so you you focus on helping people be 40% in their admin side and 60% in their creative side, which is definitely where entrepreneurs want to be because we're creatives, right? Like we want to be out, we want to be impacting people, but what happens? Everybody ends up getting overloaded, trying to do too many things at once. They get way too much admin stuff. They burn out. You help people fight that. Where did your journey start? Because it, it all starts at the beginning, right? Like none of us just magically wake up and have every a system in place. So where did this start for you? Yeah, if I can back up for one second, I just want to be clear. So it's not about being creative. It's about being in creation mode so that you're getting to the next thing, whatever the next thing is for you. And there's always that next mountain you want to climb, that idea you want to get out. Maybe you want to go from individual to group, you know, um, coaching, whatever. So it's not just about being creative. It's about being creation mode and getting to what is next. So for me, it started, I was in business, oh gosh, the first two years I was in business, I worked insane hours, like nuts. And if you've read my Win the Hour, Win the Day book, there's a story in there where I seriously almost electrocuted myself very dangerously because I was in such a rush. I would call myself a recovering rushaholic. So it wasn't long before I realized that's not working because you, you know, you go six months, a year, year and a half without sleep and you start to lose a little bit of your charm. You know, you start to snap at people like, what do you mean you said you're ready? I could have answered two more emails by the time you tied your shoe. So I, I quickly realized this is not a, a, this is not for the long game here. And so to move the story along, I went from working 16 hours a day down to six. And I, I did this in a, in a couple of different ways and feverishly examining how do these other entrepreneurs that I had a little bit of professional jealousy with, how do they get ideas to execution? So I finally, I put a whole bunch of things in play and it didn't happen overnight, but I'll move the story forward. And then I got down to six hours a day and I could not believe how much I had been working against myself. It wasn't about less hours. It was about being so much more effective and productive. You know what? And luckily I did that because it was a couple of years after that, that my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer and I had been pulled away from the business for about two years. And when I returned after his passing, my existing clients, I'm a marketing strategist, my existing clients had no idea of my absence and they just, they couldn't believe it. They said, we don't know how you manage that. How did you do that? And, you know, under the fragility of life and respect for that, I started giving them tips and telling them how I did that. And they started asking me if I could work with them under that capacity. So I did, because I, I believe your business should support your life, not consume it. And you know, let's take all the emotion out of this story aside. I would have returned with one less income. And for me to draw up a resume, try to be charming in an interview and learn a new job would not have been a good plan for me. So luckily I had this business that was, you know, still intact. And, and then I started wanting to say, okay, how can I help other entrepreneurs? Because man, oh man, I really had something that, you know, saved, frankly, saved my, my life, my whole situation. 
And so from that, I started coaching because they asked and I wanted to help more people and create a movement. And I wrote my book and, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Nice. I mean, that is, I mean, you have to, like, you realized that you had to pull yourself back or you were going to lose your mind. You were snapping at people. Um, I know it, it's interesting, right? Everybody gets into entrepreneurship because they have this dream, this vision, and they're excited. And then you talk to them six months later. And if they're still going, like they're, they, you know, their hair's falling out in my case, or they're, it's all frazzled. They're like, oh my goodness. And they, yeah, I feel like it reaches a breaking point. I know, um, I know Tim Ferriss, like I was a big fan of the four hour work week when I first got started in 2014. And he talks about like very similar, like he was working a gazillion hours a day, but nothing was getting done. And he realized that when he could pull himself back, like the business didn't die, your business actually thrived. Um, I, I would love if you could give a few of the key takeaways, because I know entrepreneurs that are kind of in that, right? Like they've been going for two years and they went from working eight hours a day to 10 hours a day to 18 hours a day. And they're like, I can't imagine working, you know, six or eight hours a day. Like, how do you get anything done? Can you share a few, like, yeah. where, where do people go wrong? First off. Okay. Oh, don't even get me started. I'm so excited. You'll have to kick me off this show. All right. So what I would tell you is, first of all, how many times have you talked to a new entrepreneur and they're like, oh, I want to spend more time with my family. It's why I want to work for myself. I'm like, oh, good luck with that. This is the last time you're going to have dinner with your family, right? Or not be working when they all go to bed. Hello, right? Um, so what I would sell, tell you, the number one thing, the number one thing that entrepreneurs that you guys are, you know, are, are making this so much more difficult than you need to be is you need a team. You, what I call a win team, a what is next team. And so many entrepreneurs I did for years think, oh, once I climb this mountain, once I get to the top and I make a certain amount of money, do a certain amount of things, then I can afford a team. But here's the thing. You're never going to get to the top of that mountain without a team. Think of where would we all be if Steve Jobs had been trying to figure that out in the garage by himself, right? But the, the big thing is understanding that it's really about anything you want to do to move forward. You cannot do it all by yourself. So let me share a quick little story with you, Steve. I remember back, I mean, I went virtual long before anybody else because I realized really quickly that even if an appointment was 10 minutes away, I, you know, hello, I could do it on my computer. They could see my screen. I could do eight appointments in a day instead of, you know, having to accommodate time for travel and stuff. But in the beginning, I was still going to some physical appointments and I was sitting there and I would take notes doing marketing campaigns and they're very specific. And to take notes, every client wants something different. You get it, Steve, right? And what was happening was I would leave the meeting and I would promise hand to God that when I got back to the office, I would put the notes right into the computer. Now, most times that did not happen until Friday, if I was lucky, and then often the next Friday. And so what would happen is these potential clients would call and I would get the opportunity to be one of two people. They could hear me scrambling and like, hold on, hold on, let me get my notes. Because these notes are meant for 20 minutes, not for two weeks, right? Right. Or it would be like, I could misquote them. It looks like I'm trying to swindle them. It's like, no, no, I just, I don't have my notes clear because in the meeting I was trying to pay attention and stuff. So I was like, this is insane. So my first, you know, person on my team was a, tr a transcriptionist and heaven help me. I don't get it, but this is her jam. This is what she loved to do. So she only did this for other clients. And so she was really fast. 
So for some weeks, I needed a couple hours of, you know, meetings transcribed. I would leave the meeting. I would sit in my car. I would talk for 30 seconds, clear as day with the few notes I had. Boom. It was all there. And she'd have it in, the note in their file within 24 hours. Now, some weeks I needed her for nothing. But the weeks I needed her for three, four hours of meetings, it cost me like 12 bucks. So I got all the Friday afternoon back. I mean, and now people, we don't even need a transcription. There's so much software out there that does this exact job, right? But that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this is the secret. So the number one thing, how I turned it around when I sped that story up going from 16 hours down to six, it was creating a win team, a what is next team. So you can get to what is next. You did not start a business to run a business. You started a business to get ideas to execution. That's so I mean, that is a brilliant example of even with the transcription software out there. So I have, I have a VA who does exactly that. She gives me bullet points of all of our meetings because I meet with anywhere between like six to 10 people a day sometimes. And they, to be polite, they blur together. Like, it's not a personal thing. I just like, <laughs> you're making the face. You get it. A hundred percent. I've seen when people send me a podcast that was on like months ago and I'm like, cause it was a big delay in getting out. I'm thinking, well, they have a video of me, so I must've been there. Right. <laughs> but, but when you get ideas to execution and you get it at a really healthy rate, you're getting a lot of ideas to execution. So you're, because you have a, a system that supports you, you're able to meet with all those people and you're right. It does blur together. So, I mean, it blur. So if you have the notes done, the reason that I'm calling this out is I think people listening to this that either have like one generalized VA that they pay for five uh, hours a week or they don't have one at all. They're like, what good would that do? Well, if all your meeting notes are done and you have them, I have a form that they fill out so I know exactly what to look for for each person so that it's all clearly articulated and I can all find it very quickly. That's super helpful if you're doing a client-facing business. If you're using JVs for anything, I have over 200 joint venture partners. I, I love all of them to death, and I know their faces, and I know their names. Sometimes I get their businesses confused because it's just too much. Having that information is really good. I want to dive into just a little bit more, though. I, I want the nitty-gritty. Like, one, how do you hire? Because I the horror story that I get, I tell the people the same thing. You need to hire somebody. That should mm -hmm. be the first thing you do before you pay yourself. Like hire someone because it'll double your income. But people say, well, I've interviewed people in the Philippines. They never work out. I've interviewed people in the US and they're $40 an hour. How? Okay. Yeah, where do we start? Well, first of all, I would like to tell you that having a VA is not a room team. That's where people get confused, right? So you're like, oh, I've got a VA, I've got a team. And it's, it's not about that. So what happens, that ta that's task-oriented. Taking stuff off your desk, handing it to them, it's like a lateral move, right? So what you want is, you mentioned, Steve, back to that 60-40 formula, the win formula we talked about. My team also has that same formula. Their job is to constantly compress their work so they have space. And that space supports me. So if I can share another quick little story with you, with my podcast, we were all like, you know, the win the hour, win the day podcast, we just talk about general business, could be anything from sales to social media. It's, it's not focused on this, but we were all excited. We're like, oh, look, we've got almost 200 five-star reviews. This is amazing. And then my podcast manager comes to me and says, no, look, I found this application and there's all these other platforms that we're getting reviews on that you didn't know about. We had 900, over 900 five-star reviews. 
Now, just so you know, Steve, that I'm not, I'm a very flawed human being. The first thing I say is, oh, we're so close to a thousand. <laughs> the second ago, I'm so excited about 200. We'll make a banner. I'll put it on Facebook. Now I'm like, oh, we missed the boat. Right? But because she had that formula, the way her work is set up. Now, this isn't something I just didn't know about. I brought this into the podcast community, several Facebook groups. I look like a hero, but that's how my team is set up, right? So first of all, let's dispel that just having a VA is not a team. And what I talk about again is that 60-40 win formula, which is very much based on what we call super toolkits. And those super toolkits allow us to do more work in less time constantly. So you can always add new things to it, compress it, be efficient. And because your brain is not meant to remember ideas, it's meant to, you know, create them, right? right? So we do that now. They sound similar to standard operating procedures, but they're not because SOPs are usually written not by the end user and also meant to cover liability, right? So our super toolkits are done in a very unique way that allow you to grow that 60-40 win formula. Now, to get to your question, Steve, a profound one, I hear that all the time. Clients, my clients come to me often. They're like, I've tried the VA thing. That didn't work. So then I start paying more. And then they're paying 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks an hour. And what they tell me, my private coaching clients, and now we've got this master class, what they tell me is, oh my gosh, Chris, the person, because part of our process is we will find someone for them, hire them and help them onboard and train them, right? So we do the recruitment for any one of our clients or, or for our new master class. And so they will say, Chris, I would have paid more than what I was paying right now because this person is so much better than what I've ever had in the last number of years. But they're getting it at like one quarter of the price. Like they just can't believe it. So yeah. there is a hiring process that we, we have a seven point process. And I'll tell you, you know, I'd love to turn this into a six week part series and we could talk about it all day, but I'll give you the highlights of something I think is important. We call it the PASS, P-A-S-S. Personality, actions, strengths, and um, uh, successes. And we always hire personality over skill set. We put them through little mini tests to see what actions they take. Even something simple, like when I say to them, "Hey, we're gonna, we'd love to interview you. We're on a website, whatever the platform is. Please send me email to this." I send them to a different email. I want to see the action they take. I want to see how they respond to me. I want to see how quickly mm-hmm. they respond to me. I want to see how they talk to me. Right. So that's action. And then, you know, uh, success, you ask somebody what is one of their successes. It's very telling, very telling. You know, you could have somebody, you could ask two people that and one will say, oh my gosh, this guy cut me off in traffic. Usually I hang out the window and swear, but I didn't today. I'm like, oh, that's, that's great for you. (laughs) You know, that's, that tells me a lot about you, sir. Right. So you ask somebody about their successes and even sometimes when it's much more simple, they'll give you a profound story. Like that's so moving. Right. So success is a big deal. And then of course asking what are their strengths? Are they able to articulate their strengths and all this other stuff, but a big part of what we do is so the little micro adjustments we do in the onboarding, it's not rocket science, but it is like, if you can picture, let's say making pasta, even when you're in college, Steve and say, okay, we got the sauce. We got the noodles, but if somebody didn't tell you to boil those noodles, it's one little step, but boy, we didn't make for a different meal. You got warm sauce over crunchy noodles that you didn't boil for like three minutes. It's a whole different game, right? So it's not, it's really about strategy. We have a 90% retention rate with our clients for creating their teams and the, and the team they, they keep. So it's really high, 
but those are the highlights of some of the stuff that we do. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the stories so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. That's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I've, I have a team of three um, and they are they all have very specific jobs and they all do it really well, but it was not the easiest path to get there. I feel like I could have definitely used you five years ago. Um, I would love to hear what is the first hire that you recommend people make? Because I, I agree with you that a VA, somebody that you can hand some tasks to is not a team. Who is yeah. the first person that you think somebody should hire and when should they hire? Well, I think it kind of reminds me of, I had a friend who, uh, she was pregnant and she went and wanted to re, uh, have a, a midwife come to the hospital. And they said, well, you know, there was this big long waiting list. And she said, well, when should I come? And she said, before you planned on conceiving, before you got pregnant, right? So I would tell you before, like, if you think you're going to start a business, like you should have done that first, but the next best time is now. Okay, so really right out of the gate is if you want to prolong success or income, because I talk about the, let me tell you about the three Ds really quickly too. I call it damaging overhead, delayed income, diminished opportunity. So many people think they're saving money by doing stuff themselves, right? What I would tell you is if you could sell your package, let's keep the math simple for a hundred bucks. Then tonight when you're working at seven, eight o'clock doing some admin work, you're charging your business a hundred bucks an hour and you would never pay that. So that's damaging overhead and that's you. And of course, we know what delayed income looks like and then diminished opportunity when it's just not there when you get it together. So a VA is a great place to start. But what I would tell you is having a VA, is, you know, I've had actual messages from people literally crying because their VA left and they're like, I don't even know where to start. Well, then that's the tail wagging the dog. So that's one of the things you resort back to what I call the Ethel syndrome in the fifties, where the doctor had the secretary that was like his work wife. And, and so it's more than the VA. It's a great place to start, but it's the hiring, it's the onboarding, it's the toolkits in place. It's the 60, 40 win formula. And then very quickly, you're going to probably need, you know, depending on your ambitions, at least another person or two. But we run a lot. We do a lot of things. We have a podcast, I have a book. I'm working on a second book. We've got masterclass. We've got private coaching. I'm on other shows. We do all that. And I have a team of three. So I'm very about lean teams. But usually, if you've got big ambitions in play, you need a person or two. Um, but it's more than just having the VA. It's the infrastructure that goes in place. That's, I mean, that is a really, really good answer. I know you talked a little bit about super toolkits versus SOPs. So one of the biggest ahas that I had, and I would love to hear your take on it. Um, I used to work in corporate America, so I built SOPs. And to your point, SOPs built from corporate America are there to protect the company, not yes. to get more stuff done. Right. One of the biggest things that was given to me was have them build the process tell them the end result, have them start to build the process, then work back and forth and do feedback. And that's how we've built most of the processes. Because when I had somebody leave, then I had a whole folder full of videos that I could hand to the new person. And as part of, I mean, we, I was like, okay, this is so much different. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts on like 
on that and on what is in like what makes the super toolkit different? I know you can't give away all the secret sauce, but well, I have no problem giving away yourself. secret sauce. It's just I can't articulate it in a short period of time. It would need some short talent, some training. If I could give everybody a pill or a quick answer so that their lives are different, I really would. So it's not about that. It's just that it's the in-depth answer it would get boring really quickly, especially without show and tell and some training. Yeah, but yeah. what I would say to you is first of all, you're right on track, Steve. You you could be asking somebody new, like you've got a new VA and you could just shoot a video, a room video, it's for free. And you could say, look, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to show, I'm going to do it. I do it every week. Here's what I want you to do. And just shoot a two minute video. And then that's how they can learn how to do it. And then say, okay, write out the steps for that. And we'll tweak it after, you know, whatever. Because so many times you think, so many people think, I'll write out all the steps and I'll do all this. And then that's all well and good. So somebody goes through it once and then goes, what? Wait. Oh yeah. That's the right password, but not on Tuesdays, you know, so <laughs> it gets very clunky, very quick. So it's really easy just to build it as you go. Uh, as I said, we're doing this really amazing masterclass that we just started. It's a really great opportunity to work with us at sort of a different price point and, and really get a, a lot of this stuff done. And we've got some bonuses in play where we even do hire that first person for you. And as we were doing that with my team, like we just met this morning, we had this big long list of, okay, it's our first time doing this. Boom. She had the list and then we tweaked it together. We just kept dumping stuff in the list as we're doing it. And now we're revising it. But I would tell you too, Steve, when you said I got this folder full of videos, I'd like to see that done a little bit more effectively, even with the super toolkits again, because I know for us with our first um, info product, long story short, our VA who had been with me for seven years had moved on. There was a couple of things happened in her life, which needs to move on. So we had a new person in our first ever info product launch. We had a new person within a week at 80% capacity. Like that was a really like, you know what it's like during the launch, right? But we were able to do that because of the super toolkits. And I think Steve, the biggest thing I could tell people is if you guys can imagine this, Picture you have a houseplant in your left hand and you're going, okay, I've got this houseplant. Somebody gave it to me. I am so proud of myself. I've kept this alive. It's like a month now. This is fantastic. Look at me go. And then picture saying, look, I'm feeling really confident. I'm going to get a second houseplant. And then you're like, beat your chest going, okay, that's it. I've got the green thumb. I've got two houseplants. You know what I think I should do? I should have a farm. That's what I should do. <laughs> and the only difference between the two houseplants, Steve, and the farm is output. But the infrastructure of that output is what yields the farm. And so many people think with business, oh, when I get one client, and then I get two, and then I get three, they think this infrastructure falls into play somehow magically. But more than that, they think, well, once I get more business, then I'll be fine. And then I can start dealing with all this other stuff. But you get choked up with the new business, with the busy work, with the admin work. And then you fall behind and you're trying to keep up. And then one person leaves you, you're like, oh my gosh, that's not the time to get new business when you need new business. And then you get go around and scramble and do that. And then you get a new person, you can't catch up again. So it's a vicious cycle. And it's because you don't have that infrastructure, the super tokens and everything you need for the 60-40 win formula. I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people 
one of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. I like it. Um, I have two questions and I, I would love to hear your responses because I know kind of, I, I'm not by any means a hiring person or a systems person, but I help people with their businesses and sometimes this stuff comes up. Um, the thing that I hear a lot is, oh, I would just to your point, well, when I get the new client, when I do this, when I do that, I'll get, I'll hire somebody. But the thing that I hear the most is they're not going to do it as good as me, or they're not going to do it as fast as me. Um, I'll let you, you kind of riff on that for a little bit. Don't even get me started. Okay. (laughs) First of all, and I hear that people say, well, you know, I don't know how to delegate. I'm like, listen, then you know what? I, I almost don't even know what to talk to you about because here's the thing. You don't have to worry about control and delegation when somebody standing next to you can do it way better than you. So that's not even a conversation for me to have. Like, what do you mean? What could you possibly do where you think you could do all these things that requires in a modern day business? Everything from social media to the back end to your marketing, your copy, the service you provide. I mean, think of it like this. I'm in a rural area. So some of these people, your grandpa built their house and it, you know, they all tell you it took four years to build this house, you know, and they did different things. So just let's pretend that you had a magic wand and you could be a carpenter, electrician and foreman. You could do all the things that you needed to do to build that house. You can't do them all at the same time. And of course you can't be skilled at all those, but let's pretend you can. I'll give you that big magic bonus there. You're skilled at all these things. But you can't have those trades interacting with each other. So it's going to take you four or five years to build that house. Or you could be the foreman and have that house for a woman. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) Contractor, okay? The contractor. You could be the contractor and you get that house up in six weeks, sell it, make money, and then get the new one. So I would argue if you think that somebody can't do it as well as you, you're in the wrong room. Because I tell people all the time, I like to be the dumbest person in the room. And my team shows me that every day. Like, boy, are they smart. And because of that 60-40 formula, they're set up to be smart and they're set up to take risks and show me things and and take us to the next level. And so, like, they wow me every day, like that early example with the podcast. Like, they really show me up and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, great. So, you know, that's a real poverty mindset. If you think you're the only one that could do it, man, are you in the wrong room. Well, I mean, there's there's the Steve Jobs quote, right? Where Steve Wozniak asked Jobs, like, what do you get paid to do? And he said, you know, you are a great first string cello player, but I don't play the cello. I play the orchestra. My job is to know a little bit about everything and paint a vision. And it's my job to get the best people that are smarter than me. So you, that dovetails really nicely to the next question. When I worked in corporate, I was in charge of corporate culture. Um, and I feel like that that word has become overused, but you you just laid out like your team is incentivized to do better than you, to bring mm-hmm. you great things. What are one, two, three tips that you could offer somebody that's hiring somebody that maybe just is going to hire their first person? They're like, how do I build a great culture? Because I've seen so many entrepreneurs, they're in that snappy mindset that we talked about earlier. And they're like, just do the email. Just 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 build the funnel, just get it done. And then their person quits on them two weeks in. How, yeah. how do you build a great culture? That's such a wonderful question. I love that you asked it because people don't even understand that. They don't understand the word culture because they think you need to have a team of 10 or 20 to have this culture. But when we work with our private coaching clients, who are now the ones in the master class, 
Uh, and you guys can check that out in my Facebook group, when they are, when the day Facebook group, and we've got some stuff about the masterclass and it's really a great opportunity. So what we talk about is it's the slightest little nuances, the first, even the first few weeks that you're working with someone, you have to teach them, you know, all these aspects about communication and how your business runs and course correct really quick. It's almost like if you're cooking, all of a sudden a little extra chili spice and it's too much, right? Or none at all is very bland. And, you know, people just don't appreciate what it's like to be new at a job. So I can sit you down with Steve and I can say, look, we give you this write up. We give this video. We say communication is really important to us. Here's some things you need to know. And we always give the example of, let's say we need an email to go out, broadcast email newsletter to go out on Thursday. If my job is to provide a picture for you for that email, you can't say to me on Monday, Oh, I asked you for it. And you never got back to me. That's not how it works. Your job is to manage me. And until I say, listen, I've told you three times I'm in the hospital you're taking blood from me right now. The newsletter's not going out. Then you get relief, right? So their job, you have to give them the confidence that your their job is really honestly to manage you to a point. And what I would also say too is you can tell somebody, we've all had new jobs. You can tell somebody like, oh, we want them to, we want you to take risks and we want you to be here. You're here because you have ideas and you're smart. We don't want this is because most jobs are set up in a very parentified system. The manager's like a parent and then you're like a child and it's all very parentified throughout all corporations, right? And so what I'll tell people is you have to encourage them those first few weeks because it's all well and good for me to say, oh, yeah, she says I can come up with ideas, but I came up with two that don't work and she rolled her eyes on the second one, right? So there's really very simple but profound subtleties that I work with my coaching clients on the first couple of weeks are really giving these people the license to be thinkers and not just, you know, order takers. So there's a whole bunch of subtleties that, man, I, I maybe one day I'll write a book on, but, but understanding that you are creating a culture and that like here, I had somebody just the other day and, you know, it's probably too long a story, but they made a quick decision and they reported back to me and said, this is what I did. And it was kind of like out of their lane, but they said, Chris, I thought it needed to be done. I'm like, that was a good decision. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I support it. Go ahead. Right. But they said, I know it was a, like, wasn't my job, but I saw it and I thought it needed to be done right away. I'm like, okay, so, good. Okay, so I have a question on that that I think will be really like put a spotlight on this. What if it would have been a decision either different than you would have made or what you considered the wrong decision? How would you have handled it? Then I would have been asking them, okay, let's go back where the number one thing I would tell you is we always lean to the super toolkits. So if something happens where somebody makes a decision that isn't the right decision, why do they have to make that decision? So then the first thing we do is we go and look at the process and say, that wasn't there. We weren't clear on that. That wasn't covered. So we fix that first. Then I would look at and say, okay, how did you come that to that decision? And be like, oh, I can see how you got there. And I'll tell you nine times out of 10, it's because I or you miscommunicated the goal. When you have people that are not performing the way you want them to, you would be shocked when you start asking them questions without judgment. Oh, yeah, I can see why that was confusing because I think I made it confusing. Nine times out of 10, nine and a half, it's going to be me. I'll be like, oh, okay, that wasn't clear at all because you're doing what you do and you think people understood. Oh, I see. Yeah, I said that, but what I really meant was this. So we always go to the super toolkits first because that should never happen again. How did this pop up? And then the second we look at how did you get there and uh, where did I drop the ball? That's uh, 
that is a great answer for for I just want to recap what I heard because I won't anyone listening I want anyone who's been a long time listener to the show you know that I preach personal responsibility like one of the things that all successful entrepreneurs have is they always raise their hand and take responsibility for everything in their life everything in their room everything in their business you just did that with your employee your employee did nobody makes a bad decision on purpose if your employee made the decision she she came to you and said i'd made this decision because i thought it needed to be made obviously she was doing it in the best interest of the company her what was at fault was not her intent her intent and if you shut that down she will she she'll take it and then she'll go curl up in a box and she will never do anything that takes risks or and in the back of her mind she's got a voice that says that person doesn't like me screw them i'm never going to help them out blah 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 right and that creates a downward negative company culture instead exactly what you said okay i can understand and that's my responsibility i did something even if you didn't do it knowingly wrong at the end of the day you're you're driving the ship it's your business it's my business right if something isn't going right it is because i didn't do it right now that that might be a, that doesn't mean that i'm wrong either that just means that i need to fix it or we need to fix it or like we need to work together as a team and when your team sees that it i mean i had 330 people under me in corporate and when your team sees that it encourages them and they actually because what most people want out of a job is they want some sense of satisfaction some sense of i did something good and if they don't get that then they they'll still show up because it's a paycheck but they won't be fulfilled you won't get what you need out of them so thank you very much for sharing that and thank you for taking personal responsibility if i can have one thing too i'll tell you a very short other story is one time i had something happen to my somebody on my team made a mistake and it, it was just a, a, a sloppy mistake they missed something that went out in a marketing thing it's just a typo whatever but money had been spent on something that had been printed i'm like okay no problem and then she was really upset because i realized what happened is you put something in a graphic and there's no spell check in the graphic so then we say okay things should be written in a document and then move to the graphic because you just think when you put type it in there whatever right so she was upset and she said, oh my gosh, Chris, you're always so good about stuff. And she really was getting upset, like emotional. And I said, whoa, 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 Stephanie. I said, hold on here. Like, time out, time out. She, she was worse on herself because I'm always good about how do we solve the problem? Let's move on. I said, look, I thank you so much for caring. But what I need you to understand is, yes, we just did lose a little bit of money in that. We did lose a little bit of time. We're under the crunch. So what I need you right now is I need you to understand that I hired humans and we're all going to make mistakes. And now we need to move on. I need you to stop beating yourself up because I need you to make up for this time that we lost. So I had to cheer her up and say, come on, man, I'm okay with it. We're all going to make mistakes. We fixed it. It won't happen again. Now our process is it has to be copied from a word document into the graphic. Boom. Let's get our time back. So I had to really cheer them up because they care so much about the fact that I do have these processes in play that make it safe for them. So then they really care. So you get, you really, you know, you really get the opposite of some, like what people complain about really. Awesome. I would love to hear a little bit more about your masterclass. Um, can you share, like, can people sign up for it? What's the, like, tell us a little bit about it. All right. So what we've done is, listen, I practice what I preach. So I'm at capacity for doing my my private coaching. So we decided, and also I really wanted people to be able to come in at different price points, right? So what we have is a masterclass and you, the, right, we're just starting it. So it meets three weeks a month. 
Um, in that, we have Q&A, we have hot seats. And then, of course, I teach all this stuff and the toolkits and everything I'm talking to you about. And then we give you all the cheat sheets and some of the, how to set up in your own business. And then as a bonus too right now, because it's new, we will, we will you get your 60-minute uh, onboard meeting with me privately first. You get a 30-minute call at once a month. These are all bonuses for the first quarter. And uh, actually, in three months, you get a 90-minute thing. So we've got a whole bunch of one-on-one -on -one time that we've thrown into this master class. But what people also really love is when in those private bonuses that you get meeting with me one-on-one, -on -one, is I'll get information from you and we will get one hire for you based on your needs. So I'll do all the hiring and then we'll meet and we'll help you train on board that. So the masterclass primarily is in there, but we will do a hire for you. And we do have a bunch of one-on-one -on -one bonuses because we just started it. And it's a very small group to start with. So guys, I would check it out because you're going to get extra time, but we'll be looking at getting it up to like 50 people in the next year. Nice. And where can people go to learn more about that? Yeah. Check it out. Chris Award. Reach out to me on Facebook. It's my Facebook when they are, when the day group. Uh, but on any of the socials, reach out to me. Tell me you heard me on this fantastic podcast. I was with the man, Steve, and I'll make sure that I uh, direct you towards the group. Okay. Awesome. We will make sure those are in the show notes as well. So if you're listening to this, make sure you check out the show notes, make sure you check out the action bullets. Everything will be there for you so that you can get started. I can tell you, I wish, I mean, I didn't hire my first, I hired my first VA after about probably just short of a year. And then I hired my first full-time person about a year and a half in. And that like, literally my income went up overnight because it was mm -hmm. like, I hired the person who was like, give me that. How can I help you? How can I take stuff off my plate? And having somebody that is obviously very highly experienced and knows what to look for, go talk to Chris. Um, I have a couple really fast questions for you. Okay. This is going to be like a lightning round, but okay, uh, I think it'll be pretty fun. Anything but my weight. Here we go. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. First off, should they hire from overseas or should they hire local? What do you recommend? I would do overseas. It's much more affordable. Everything's virtual now anyhow. And local, it's like, do you want to have an all-star hockey team or basketball team from your local town or the best players from around the world? So you really open up the level of talent you get. Did, as a side note, outside of the lightning round, when you hire that way, do you hire the person? Do they only work for you or do you, do people on your team work? Are they full-time? I guess is my question. Usually, primarily, we start them off part-time with the goal to move them to full-time. So I, I do want them committed to me unless there's something like a video editor where, you know, it's a con contract thing. Some weeks I need them six hours, some weeks I need them none. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, one, one book that every entrepreneur should read. Well, I think it's mine. When the hour, when the day, I do get a lot of really positive feedback on that constantly. And people say like, it really, it's written different where you have to self-identify if you're a struggler or a successful person. So People tell me it does change how they see the framework of their business. Um, and if it's not that, then I would go with the E-Myth or another one of my favorites is Three Feet from Gold with Greg Reed. Those are great. Um, one moment that looking back at seemed like it was the end and it was really the beginning. Oh, I think, I, you know, I don't have a particular moment other than the fact that what I had to learn was if I made a mistake, oh my gosh, like if I put something out there, this idea of holding on to things to get it perfect, thinking like I had to look prepared and make sure when you put it out on social media, it looks all good. And it's just totally pointless. Like you have to put it out there, get feedback and keep going. So I used to get nauseous of like, oh, 
you know, spend all this extra time on something, but put it out rough and raw, get feedback and then perfect it. I mean, how many times Bill Gates have we bought that same Microsoft package? <laughs> what the hell, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that to your point earlier too, like a graphic, I have misspellings yeah. all over the place because I don't spell very well, even with all the software in the world. And I've learned that, you know what, at the end of the day, the people who like me are going to understand it and the people who don't, good riddance. And a good um, product is a good product. They don't care about the spelling. Yeah. That is exactly right. Chris, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much knowledge with myself and my audience. Um, if you guys listen to this, and you haven't gone and checked her out yet, check out the show notes. We're going to have everything in there. We also have free gifts. Um, you have a free gift website. Oh, yes. Looking. Free gift from Kim, yes. from Chris. Chris. Where did no, I, get I can't read my writing. That's okay. Apologize. Free gift from chriskris.com. And in there, we have the ultimate guide to getting 200 free hours of tech work because we actually get co-op students. You can get them all through North America and Europe. We've had about 35 now. We've had four this year. Each one comes with 200 hours they have to earn for their school credits, and they love it because it means they don't have homework and they get to act like they're grown up and learn more about what they want to be when they grow up. So there's the ultimate guide to getting 200 free hours of high-tech admin work from co-op students. That is awesome. That alone is worth listening to this podcast. Check out the show notes. Make sure you jump into her masterclass. Like that, like honestly... I have employees and it still sounds good to me because I'm sure I could learn something. Yeah, so we do often deal with people who have employees as well and it just ups their game. It's like being a regional track star and going to the Olympics. Nice. I would love to go to the Olympics. <laughs> Chris, thanks for joining us and to everybody else out there. Until next time, take action, change lives and make money. We will see you soon. All right. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.